If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Welcome back, everybody. Knock on wood, spring is in the air in St. Louis. Uh, but Heather, I think you're buried under snow, aren't you? There's just enough distance yes, snow between mix. Milwaukee and St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. Hanging in there, Crazy. So today, episode 47 is called The Power of 100. And today we're going to take a look at the building blocks of an integrated planning practice. So we've come a long way from the days of only life insurance, right? Now there are so many things that advisors can do for their clients, which is awesome. But it can also be a little daunting and sometimes confusing. What does it mean to be a planner? I hear a lot of people say, I don't want to just sell insurance. I want to be a planner. And in my experience, that statement often means I really want to focus on investments, right? And I tell people all the time, if you're only doing investments, you're no more of a planner than someone who only focuses on the core product. It's an and. It's always an and. And so to that end today, we're going to outline for you the seven building blocks of a solid integrated practice and the recommended order in which those building blocks happen for sustainable results. This is something I did several years ago when the messaging around planning started to change a little bit. And I thought, well, now it's just a little confusing because we're still talking about all this activity, but yet we're talking about different results and so on. So we're going to go through seven building blocks and I'm going to explain each one why it's important, and then help you understand the order because it's in the order. There's no timeline, but it has a specific order. So number one, the first thing that any new FR can do and control right out of training is 100 balance points a month, right? That's the first 100. It keeps an early focus on activity. The right amount of the right kind of activity just leads to faster results. We know this, right? Especially if you're activity coaching, you're right in that window. Results grow exponentially after 100 points. If you've been to any one of our clinics, when we talk about posting and planning, that a 10% increase in points once you get past 100 can lead to up to a 47% increase in FYCs. So that's the first and most important thing you can do right off the bat is 100 balanced points. Heather, what do you think about that? I agree. And I would just emphasize the balanced points. I see a lot of new FRs come out and yep. they have you know a ton of referrals because they keep inputting into CRM names from there. It ends up being an unbalanced number of points because it's all referrals. So I would just say, make sure they're balanced. Absolutely. Then the second thing and the in a year is 100 lives, right? So that's kind of a second good benchmark. 100 lives are the result of hard work. You cannot bluff your way to 100 lives. You have to get out there, do the work. You have to ask 
a lot of people to take action. And once you break through 100 lives, it kind of breaks a mental barrier, right? Like it's a breakthrough in your mental world as well. People seldom go back from 100 lives just because you create this compounding effect because you've got more people in your system. The other thing that's great about 100 lives is if you're going to get to 100 lives, you're probably getting people every week saying yes, right? I mean, you're probably writing two or three lives a week. There aren't many weeks where you're not getting some positive feedback from the marketplace. And I think especially for people who are really, they're brand new, that's so important. It also means you've impacted. For people where impact is more important to them, you're impacting 100 people, right? Those 100 people are going to be better off for having crossed paths with you than not. And your future renewals, you just added 100 renewals to the future renewal bank. Because if you do 100 lives this year, next year you're going to have 100 renewals. If you do it again, the year after that, you have 200 renewals and so on and so on. So it really helps bring that steady stream of income up to a a higher level faster. The other thing is it keeps fear and panic to a minimum. When you are finding yourself as a rep or you see your rep sitting at their desk with their head in their hands going, oh my gosh, what have I done? I've ruined my life. (laughs) Um, It's probably because they don't have enough volume. They have the time to do that. If you're on the quest to write 100 lives in a year, you don't really have time to be sitting around doing much else. I mean, you got to keep all the plates spinning to get to that metric. And, and I always have said lives are the result of work. That is a work measurement to me. Anything you want to add to the lives piece? It's an early insurance policy for five-year retention, right? I mean, if you're doing 100 lives, the odds yep. of you being here are going to be significantly increased. And I don't know many reps who are doing 100 lives and not having fun. They're enjoying the business. They might be tired <laughs> from right. working their butts up. But they're having fun and they're enjoying the business. Like you said, it's kind of tied to that fear and anxiety piece. Like the results takes the fear out of it. And when the fear is gone, the fun shows up. Absolutely. I love that. I like that analogy. So then the third piece, right? So now we've got 100 balance points going to lead to 100 lives. The third piece is your first 100 clients, right? Like your first cumulative 100 new clients. And this might take a year, might take three years. It just depends on how many fact finders you're doing and how fast you're building. New clients measure your courage because that's the beginning piece of the whole thing, right? You've got to have prospects to, to get a fact finder, to get a new client, and that takes a lot of courage. Repeat sales, I've said this probably 5,000 times, <laughs> people are rolling their eyes out there now, but I don't care. It indicates strong repeat sales in the future. Repeat sales come from new clients. They don't come from lives, premium, or assets. Repeat sales come from getting somebody on board as a client. Also, the more new clients you bring on, the faster you can move into better markets. I don't know that you can draw a straight line from one to the other, but I just know that people who write a lot of new clients improve their market a lot faster. So people love to say premium pays the bills. And I would always counter with premium pays the bills today, but new clients pay the bills today, tomorrow, and well into the future. Any other thoughts about new clients? No, I, like you said, there's no time frame on it, but clearly the sooner, the better. The more impact, the faster yep. that your business yep. will grow, et cetera. Yep. And if you're building like along the Granham lines and you do 72 new clients in your first year, you're almost there, right? So it might take you a year and a half. I've seen people who were at the top of the bronze who do 100 new clients in a year. So, I mean, you could do it in the first year. There's no particular timeline, but it's just a good milestone. So that brings us to the fourth building block, and that's the premium, right? That's 100000 of premium in a year. So again, it's always an and. You've got bigger cases, and you've probably got more of them. If you've been building from the points to the lives to the new clients, the premium is going to follow, and it's probably going to follow pretty quickly. 
it's an indication of financial growth. It's an indication that you are moving into different markets that might be able to write bigger checks. It's an indication of your prospect growth, your increased fact-finding and closing skills. Again, once you break 100000 of premium, you can grow faster because that's just kind of a benchmark for people in their minds, right? To get to 100000 of anything is, seems like a lot, and it is. So once you get there, I think you grow exponentially faster. It's a lot faster to get to 150 and then 200 and you go on from there which then leads to the fifth building block, which is 100,000 of gross revenue. So this is in a year, right? So in a year, you are gonna earn a gross income of 100,000 from all sources of your revenue. So that really is financial growth. Like that's a big deal for a lot of people who sometimes people come into the business and maybe their parents never made 100,000 or maybe they're the first person in their family to do it. It also means the faster you start to cultivate the multiple streams of revenue, You've got your first year commissions, renewals, investment, management income. You've got all of these different streams of revenue. And the faster you get them all going, the faster you get to 100,000 of gross revenue. For career changers, that often is career change validation, right? They crack 100 grand and maybe you do it again. Maybe you do it in your first year. It just depends on how hard you work, what kind of market you have and and how well you did on the first five things, right? And I want to just editorialize for a minute because if you think about the average income in the United States is around 54,000. So for anyone to make 100,000, that's a big deal. It's only about 18% of the United States population of individuals and only about a third of double income households get to 100,000. And it's funny because in the Northwestern, we think big and we talk big and we act like, oh, if you're not making 100,000, you're poor. you know. But when you put it in a larger context, It's a really big deal to crack 100,000 of income. And sometimes people can't really think beyond that until they break that barrier for themselves or they cross that threshold. Isn't that really why people come into the business? I mean, is the unlimited income potential? And I think it just says right there the fact that reps or advisors look around themselves and they see people making so much more than that, that it does kind of get belittled. But for many people coming into this, it is a big deal. And it just goes to show what the upward potential is, which makes it even more amazing. Yeah. And as we talked about in the goal setting or goal achieving episode, it's a stair step, right? Like it's a step in the right direction. And sometimes it's hard until you've hit that step to think beyond that step. And so I think it's, I just think it's an important one. So number six is a hundred thousand of GDC in a year. So that means that in a year you've rolled over probably roughly seven or 8 million of assets, right? So I think a lot of times that can take from anywhere from five to eight years unless you bring a book of business with you. Now, if you're a career changer and you bring a book of business with you, obviously that's a whole different ballgame. But if you're starting as a brand new rep and you're building through these first five steps, then this is the next one. Because once you get your first seven or eight of assets under management, remember GDC is like premium for investment. That's how it was explained to me. It's what you get paid your percentage of. So it increases the confidence of your client base, right? Like you're their go-to person now because you've got, you're taking care of all their core stuff. Now you're literally taking care of all their investment business. You are now fully integrated, you know, at that point because people always are like, where does GDC come in? I'm like, it's number six. It (laughs) comes on the heels of all these other pieces. Um, So we're not ignoring it, but it's there. And you improve your placement on the grid, right? Because the grid, I don't know, get into all the technicalities of that, but that determines what you get paid out on your investments. So 
if you've built through these first six steps or first five steps and you get to this 100,000 of GDC, you're just going to move up in the grid, which means you're going to get a better payout. And then the crowning achievement, number seven, which also (laughs) takes a few years. Yes, 100,000 of renewals in a year. So at some point, probably I've had people say seven years, eight years, 10 years. I mean, I just think it depends on if you've built 100 lives from year one, you're probably going to get there faster. If you don't have as many renewals, it's going to take you a little bit longer. But 100,000 just of renewals in, a, in the course of a year. And at that point, potentially those renewals can cover your expenses, right? Like you're generating enough renewals, you're generating enough income that's guaranteed coming in unless those policies go away that you're going to be able to pay your all your expenses and your staff and everything out of your renewals. And then all of the FYCs just goes to your growth. And remember, that is a stream of revenue that grows every year, depending on how much you add to it. And after you get your first FYC, first year commission and nine renewals, your persistency fees kick in. So that's all part of that pot. And those ki- those pay as long as that policy is enforced. So again, these are the seven building blocks. And if you build them in this order, like for example, like we said early, there's no particular timeline because you could do 100 points, 100 lives, potentially 100 clients and 100 a premium in your first year, right? Like you could blast through the first four steps. You're doing them in that order, but you're doing them in a short time frame. Yeah. And then you get to 100,000 of revenue, 100,000 of GDC, and then 100,000 of renewals. Give us some context in regards to how you would have this conversation with a rep. Like, how does it come up? When does it come up? When are you bringing it up? How are you painting the picture? It's such good information. I'm just wondering if there's like a best time to share it. I think, well, I, I always think that messages are best served if they start in the recruiting process, right? So when you're recruiting people, you say, these are the building blocks. And then I would talk about it in training again. And then as an activity coach to say, when people come out and they immediately start worrying about their investment licensing, right? Which is, I mean, it's right to do that. You've got to do it in that first year. But to say, while you're thinking about that, the first thing you want to do is get to over 100 points every month, right? That's going to lead you to 100 lives. And I always tell people 100 lives is two lives a week. If you found two lives a week from the get-go, you do 100 lives every year. And then you're going to probably get to your first 100 clients within a year and a half if you're doing the first two things. So early and often would be my answer to that. Because once somebody's in their second or third or fourth year, Trains it's not the that it's too late. You, you can start this at any time. Yeah. But yeah. it's a little bit, people don't necessarily, they're not as flexible at that point. So I'm thinking that most offices have some space in their training program where the activity coach comes in and talks a little bit about Granum and what to expect. I feel like that would be a really good spot for it as well. But I love your idea of the selection yep. process. I think early and often again. And I think because we kind of morphed into this planning firm, but people are confused about what that means. Like they they just are confused. They think they should have all these assets in their first year or their second year. And I'm like, well, you still have to, this is how you build. It always starts with the core side just because that's what pays you. That's what pays the bills while you're building the investment side. And then the investment side, once it accumulates, by the time you're in your eighth, ninth or 10th year, your trails from the investment side are really producing good revenue for you. Mm -hmm. I really like how it's put together in regards to, it it sounds marketable in a way. It's easy to remember the power of 100 and the seven building blocks. There's a story there. You can help them paint a vision, which is powerful and impactful. Absolutely. And it includes everything, right? You're not, it's just the order in which you do it. And again, you can do a lot of it early 
within the first couple of years. But there's, you know, I think it takes the average forum rep about seven or eight years to get to forum. And I think it's because at that point they've built all these things into their practice and it just really starts to pay off. So there you have it. Um, So that's the building blocks of an integrated practice. I think you're right. It's pretty easy to think about and remember. So I just start talking it up and watching your FR's patterns of activity and behavior and see if you can't get them on this track because I think they'll grow faster than if they're just like kind of grabbing at stuff and not knowing the order. And I think the other way that I would say this is numbers one through four, the points, the lives, the new clients, and the premium, that builds stability. And then the revenue, GDC, and renewals build profitability. So you're building the stable pieces and then you're going to get profitable really quickly after that, just like any business would. So there you have it. Any other final thoughts? No, I love it. I love the just a lot of content, a lot of good ideas, a lot of this is kind of the juicy stuff as a a question I've had recently, actually, from many people, many activity coaches is how do you keep things fresh? What else do you talk about? I feel like it gets redundant. This is one of those things that's a nice kind of slip it into conversation, kind of mix things up, give them something to focus on. And uh, it's really value add, which we're as coaches, we're always looking to provide. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. It's awesome. Yes, we are. We are always learning and growing ourselves, right? That's right. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our Activity Coaching Clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.